Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you don't have to raise your hand and confess, but do any of you still have your Christmas decorations up at home? (laughs) All right. Did any of you who don't have them up anymore, did any of you take them down on Friday? One. Okay. Jan gets major liturgical bonus points because Friday was Epiphany, which is the 12th uh, day of the Christmas season. It's the final day of the Christmas season. We took ours down yesterday, so we were one day late. We were close. And we're celebrating it today, but traditionally, Epiphany is the conclusion of Christmas on January 6th, and it's a holiday in some parts of the world, actually. And Christmas ends with the story of the Magi. Last week, I know some of you were there for the New Year's service, we heard the next part of the story after this, where the story goes from here, with the Magi saving Jesus' life by defying King Herod. We heard last week the dark side of Christmas, with Herod's fear turning into violence. And if you weren't here for that, well, if you weren't over there for that part of the story, remember you can go back and watch it online um, on our website. And I think that that part is important too. We need that part of the story as well. But today for Epiphany, we're focusing on the Magi themselves with the three kings following the star all the way to Bethlehem to give their gifts to the newborn Jesus except nearly everything in that sentence is incorrect because that's not what happened. And I think that this story gets some of the most unfair treatment of any story in the Bible. We think that we're so familiar with this story. We hear it every year. We have banners of it. We have figures that haven't quite made their way over here, but at some point during the service, we'll bring them over here. But almost everything that we think of in this story, on the banners, on the figures, is from tradition, not from the Bible. And so there's a lot to deconstruct here if we want to focus on what Matthew is actually trying to tell us in this story about who Jesus is. And many of the misconceptions in this story show up in that great Christmas carol, We Three Kings. And it's a fun Christmas carol. It is wildly inaccurate. (laughs) And several good Christmas carols do this, right? It's right up there with the little drummer boy. Can you imagine how, as a parent, you would react if some kid shows up banging on a drum while you're dealing with a newborn? Or my personal pet peeve, we're not singing this one, but I saw three ships come sailing in to Bethlehem in the morning. I get it symbolic, it's about the Trinity. Bethlehem is landlocked. So anyway, we will sing a really fun, upbeat version of We Three Kings later in the service. It is a fine song. It is only loosely connected to what the Bible actually says. First of all, Matthew records nothing about how many travelers there were. And the idea of there being three comes from the number of gifts. I know that I gave more than one gift this Christmas to some people. And Kristen and I and Micah all shared credit for some gifts that we gave. So I'm not sure the number of gifts is precisely accurate to the number of people. And second, no matter how many of them there are, they're also not kings. The word that Matthew uses is magos, or in the plural, magi, which is the word I'll use most often. 
And that word magi means astrologers or magicians. These magi could also possibly be court officials. There were some regions in Persia that used that word for this, in which case they're sent as a delegation to greet the new king. And they're certainly bearing these valuable gifts. That's no reason to assume they themselves are royal, that the king's just taking a vacation from somewhere. And our translation that we just heard says, wise men, which is closer than kings, but really they're more men who want to be wise. They're seekers of wisdom, seekers of knowledge. And I would also argue that astrology, looking at the stars for messages, is not a great way to gain useful knowledge. Apparently it works in this case. What do I know? But in general, astrology, not recommended. They might be called kings because of the prophecy that we heard from Isaiah. Isaiah talks about kings coming to the brightness of your dawn. And then a few verses later, Isaiah talks about people bringing gold and frankincense from far away, coming to proclaim the praise of the Lord. And so, these magi are pretty clearly part of that prophecy's fulfillment. And that's also where the image of the camels comes from. Um, The psalm today talks about foreign kings bringing tribute to God, and so there's a connection there too, although the places mentioned there don't quite fit. That's not quite where they're coming from, but it's close. It's clearly at least partially fulfilling these prophecies. And speaking of places... We don't know exactly where the Magi started their journey, but from the east, as a phrase, almost certainly means Babylon, near the ancient city of Babylon, which if you want to find it on a map, you're looking for modern-day Iraq. So think about where Iraq is, and that's not really what I think of when I hear from the Orient. We three kings from Orient are, I don't think of Iraq. But it's about a 650 to 700-mile journey each way, So it's a long trip. Their journey takes at least a few weeks to get there, maybe much longer, which is another reason there's probably more than three of them. You don't travel that far carrying valuables with only three people. You want a good-sized group for that long of a road trip. But by the time that they get to Jerusalem, they're looking for a young child. The word could mean baby, but it's not newborn. They're not showing up at the stable. They're not looking for a manger. In fact, Matthew says they find him in a house when they'd entered the house. And also, that song, and maybe your image of it, makes it sound like they followed the star the entire way. Like it was sort of hovering there in front of them, or maybe they only traveled at night when they could see it or something. Matthew doesn't say that. He says they saw the star at its rising, and then they only went in the general direction. We know that because they get to Jerusalem and they stop at the palace where you'd expect to find a newborn king. And then they don't see the star again until they've consulted with King Herod's advisors who look up in the scripture to see where the Messiah is prophesied to be born, supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And then they see it again. Martin Luther, reflecting on this story, said, Why did the star not take the wise men straight to Bethlehem without the necessity of consulting the scriptures? And he thinks it's because God wanted to teach us that we should follow the scriptures and not our own murky ideas. Kind of a fun interpretation of that. So there are lots of traditions around this story that are not biblical, right? 
Here's what I do like about some of the traditions, and especially about We Three Kings, the song. The words of the middle three verses, and I don't know if we're singing all the verses, but look it up sometime, because each of the middle verses is focused on one of the gifts, and the gifts do have symbolic meaning. And gold is the most obvious one, right? Gold means the same thing it means today, wealth, riches, it means royalty, because it's the metal that a king's crown would be made from. Think about the crown jewels in England. And so symbolically, the gold represents the Magi recognizing Jesus as king. This child that they find is the one who will rule all things. This is the king of kings, and we owe him our earthly allegiance. And gold is also the most practical of the gifts, and I wonder, maybe this is how they survived during their flight as refugees to Egypt. Maybe this is how they paid for life until they could get back. The second gift is frankincense, which is a fragrance from Arabia, again, in the east. And it's used to make incense for worship. And so symbolically, this gift, the frankincense, represents Jesus' deity. It means he's a god. This baby is more than an earthly king. And the, the wise men recognize this. This child is God in the flesh, the one who has prophesied, the Savior who's worthy of our worship, worthy of a long journey, worthy of valuable sacrifices, worthy of worship. And then finally, there's myrrh. And this is the odd one. If you were listening carefully to the end of that Isaiah prophecy, it named two of the three gifts. It mentioned gold and frankincense. Those are the things you would expect foreign leaders coming to worship to bring. Myrrh is an unexpected addition. It's an embalming oil that's used for anointing at burial. And so it's an odd gift to give a child. It's like pre someone coming to Micah's birthday party last week and saying, well, we pre-bought him a cemetery plot. Like, this is not a thing you give to a child. It's more a symbol of death than it is a birthday present. But for Jesus, it points forward to how he's going to save the world, laying down his life. And it's in the last verse of the hymn. It says, King and God and sacrifice. It's not what Isaiah has in mind for a Savior, certainly. But then God's plan doesn't follow what we expect. It fulfills the prophecies, but not in the way that Isaiah was picturing. God enters the world in an unexpected way, coming in vulnerability as a child. Jesus sacrifices his own life for our sins. This is not how you'd expect God to act if we didn't know this story. And the Magi themselves represent all the nations. That was clear in the Isaiah reading as well. All the nations shall come and worship God. Jesus, the Messiah, God with us, is revealed not only to God's chosen people, the people of Israel, but to Gentile foreigners as well. Jesus is the light of the world. We just sang that. And the light of the world, not just for Israel, but the light of the whole world, which is really good news for us who are not Jewish who are not part of that Israel nation. This epiphany, this revelation, is for everybody, including you and me. 
The Magi understand who Jesus is. They know him. They recognize him as Lord and Savior. They recognize him and they know him as the only one truly worthy of our worship. Do you know him that way? I love the symbolism in this story. I think Matthew records these details, especially the gifts, because he wants us to understand the symbolism. It's intentional. He wants us to recognize the deeper meaning of what's going on. But at the same time, there's a trap here. We can get so focused on trying to find deeper meanings and interpret coded symbolism and allegories that we miss the top-level reading of the story. We miss what's literally happening in the text. This story is about us knowing who Jesus is. The Magi are meant as role models for us. In this story, what happens? People come to worship Jesus. You and I are called to follow that example. That's why we're here. We don't have to travel vast distances or interpret strange signs because God has come to us revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is where we find knowledge. That is where we find truth. We don't need to give massive gifts loaded with symbolic meaning. Whatever we have to give to Jesus is enough. But we too are called to worship. We too are called to give of ourselves, our time, and our treasure God willing, we don't need to defy government orders to do so. We have so many advantages compared to these people. But we too are seekers of knowledge, called to know the true king. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us, and we too respond with worship. We too bring our offerings for Jesus to use. We too proclaim the praise of the Lord. Happy Epiphany. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the gift of Epiphany. Thank you for being born among us as a child, revealing yourself to us in Jesus Christ as the light of the whole world. Thank you for the example of the Magi, these wise men from the East, who came to worship you, who offered their wealth for your glory. Lord, help us, help us to follow their example, their example of faithfulness, Worship, generosity, in the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.